my little touch bar is still spazzing out and it's kind of annoying me because now anytime I keep my laptop open, everybody's just like, is your computer okay? And I'm like, yes, it's fine. It's not having a personality disorder seizure. Like, it's okay. Have you have you tried like restoring Bridge OS? I need a Target Mac for that and a host Mac. Oh, so I need yep. to I need to work with my uh, apartment mate and because she has a pretty new MacBook Pro and then essentially get her to make sure that we both have the same OS, then download the software thing. I went through like ATP's like backlog thing and I found the tweet that he was referencing, found the actual support document on Mr. Macintosh and hopefully I can get it to work. I can only do the restore version because that'll flash it and redo it, but the revive version ends up flashing your OS and or your hard drive and yeah, that's not okay. Or not. I okay, wonder right? I wonder if you could maybe maybe um, a simpler solution to try before you do mm-hmm. that would be to install the combo update for the latest for the latest release. And so the combo update is just like all the previous updates combined into one. So, and it might just like reflash BridgeOS because BridgeOS is upgraded. It, you just look it up, just uh, like 10.5, what is it, 6 or whatever, 10.5 or 10.15.7, right? So search 10.15.7 combo update and it will be a package from Apple that you can download. Um, and sometimes that fixes oh. things or it might, it might like upgrade the bridge OS or reinstall the current version and might solve some of the issues you're having without uh, going the more extreme routes. Yeah, no, I, that makes sense. I'll try that out, see how it goes. And then if that doesn't work, then I'll try the uh, flashing the bridge OS. And if that doesn't work, then I'll just probably end up crying. I'll shed a tear. Sounds like bridge. a good plan. <laughs> yeah. Sounds sounds like the approach to Apple troubleshooting the last couple of weeks. Uh yeah. My favorite for better, for was, worse. my favorite is always when you get the support person, they say, Well, you know, just reinstall everything. And it's like, that's really not a solution. That's not a that is not like a good right. solution. That's why to we anything. left the Windows PC realm and came to Mac was because you could actually problem solve. Like, if I wanted to reset everything, I would have done it already. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That stuff drives me crazy. I don't like that. Um, that's, like, their de facto solution to things. Same. Like That's what they said recently, I think, for, like, the watch battery issues. They were like, mm-hmm. yeah, just reinstall the OS. And people were like, well, that's a bunch of BS. And then they released an update like yesterday or something like that. And it addressed that specific thing. And it's like, so you're telling me you could have done this, but you you just chose not to um, for for other things, right? Right. They didn't make a, I I guess they didn't. They didn't make the cut. But, um, huh. Yeah. I don't know. Interesting. Anyway. Um, hi, I can't wait till November 6th, Alex Huffaker. Hi, I'm a 5G network, actually, that's truly a 4G network, PK. <laughs> you know what's funny? Because, let's get real here, we know that's true. We'll, well get you to know your what's funny? Thing. The 4G networks everywhere else are in better. the world are better, performing better than any of the 5G networks here in the U.S., um, in terms of like download and upload speeds and even latency, I think for some of them. So it's kind of like, it's all for the moment. <laughs> a lot of it is marketing BS. Like there is merit oh, yeah. to the technology, but, um, yeah, I don't, I don't buy the hype of, uh, of 5g for sure. No, I was going to say, cause I thought AT&T like was like facing a lawsuit because, all of their stuff was like 5GE, but it's actually 4G LTE. I don't know. It was just some hocus pocus bullshit. I'd say it's more marketing right now than anything. Yes, but anyway, continuing our intro, um, <laughs> welcome to Red Eye Design, our uh, lovely little podcast where we often get sidetracked after our fun little intros, um, and we share our thoughts on design, products, tools that we use, ethics, and our experiences as we navigate the design industry pretty much a dialogue on our day-to-day existence that's right we talk about our days 
on a daily basis. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and today we're talking about all the new Apple stuff. Uh, grab bag explosion of new Apple products. Well, was it really a grab bag explosion? I mean... Um, yeah, no, it wasn't. It was Yeah, I was going to say, subdued. I feel like you'd be more excited if there was a grab bag explosion. Like, if you could see Alex, this is probably... He was more excited about the last Apple event where... He couldn't actually buy anything because he pretty much had all of it. That's not um, true. That's not true. I've been waiting for this event. I've been waiting for like I know, but that's the ironic part. You've been dying for a new phone, and yet here we are, new phone announced, and um, Alex looks like he could probably go and take a nap. Well, okay, here's the oh, thing. that might be for other. I'm reasons. a bit sad because as I as I alluded to in my my little intro, the one that I want isn't available for another month. So mm. I'm a little bummed about that. Um, but I don't know. So let, let's talk about the iPhones first, because that, that's the main okay. thing. Um, so there's four models. Uh, you have your normal iPhone line, and then you have the Pro line, each with two yep. sizes. On the normal line, you have the iPhone 12, which is pretty much the same screen size um, as the previous iPhone 11, and the <laughs> iPhone 10R from the year before that, um, and now they have this iPhone 12 mini, which is probably closer to si- in size to like an iPhone 8 or iPhone SE I or it was any an SE, phone because it was 5.4, right? It's, it's all the same body um, yeah. okay. for those models. So any of those models, all the way from the 6 to the, the iPhone SE, um, it's about that size, which is the one that I want. Um, and they, they all have these flat edges as everyone predicted for a while now um they have new colors the colors on the pro i think are much nicer actually than the colors on the normal iphone 12 i'm actually a little confused by the color lineup for the iphone 12 (laughs) um it doesn't tell a story to me like the other palettes even on the the new ipad uh the new ipad air like that's a that was a beautiful palette of colors and these ones are like black white product red so a really bright saturated red uh this like mint green very light mint green and then this dark navy blue um thoroughly saturated yeah thoroughly saturated blue which it's it's a beautiful blue um but i'm not totally getting the the color story i guess with these um, right like i usually do with their products um but Besides the new colors, you got A14, faster chips, 5G um, on all models. All models have this new glass, which they're calling ceramic shield, um, Mm -hmm. which I'm intrigued about because my biggest complaint over the past couple generations is they changed the, the formula of the glass. So it's a bit softer and scratches a little bit easier in a way that I don't remember older iPhones scratching. Um... And supposedly this one is four times more resistant to shattering when dropped, which is a pretty big boost Claim. in durability. Yeah. Um, and they they really touted it, so I believe them 100%. And it's also on the front and the back. Before, I think in previous generations, the back used slightly different glass that was a little more, yeah. uh, what, or a little less durable. Um, so... That, again, is across the whole lineup. And the the low-end phones now have uh, OLED displays, the same as the high-end phones. <coughs> uh, they increased the pixel density of them, so they're now uh, even higher resolution, um, 476 pixels per inch, which is kind of mind-blowing uh, yeah, how that's tight awesome. screens are nowadays. Um, and besides that, I think they got a little better waterproofing. Um and that's pretty much it for the iPhones. They they have um, they only come with a cable in the box, and they have this new magnetic charger, which they're repurposing the MagSafe name for. Um, which I saw an article earlier. It supports up to fifteen watts of wireless right. charging, um, well, as opposed to Qi, which is just seven and a half, which is really exciting. Yeah, I think I've seen Qi. I have to check. I think I've seen it actually up to maybe maybe 15 watts on other devices. So I'm curious huh. what the the difference is here. Um, mm-hmm. 
but yeah, no, the, the magnetic accessories, I'm really excited about that. That like, it's not even about the magnetic charging. It's about the magnetic accessories that can now, uh, like clip or attach themselves to the back of the phone. Like I'm thinking car mounts, any sort of cases, um, they showed off a wallet, which is really cool. Um, which I, I actually like that concept because it's yeah. nice to be able to detach it when you don't mm-hmm. need your phone with you or if you're just like running to like a corner store or something like that. Um, and then they have this, which, okay, so that, that charger is separate. It doesn't come with the phone. You still have a normal cable. Right. And then they have this separate charger, which I haven't seen yet. It like folds apparently. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. Ooh, what is that? Um, let me let me see if I can find it. I didn't see photos of it, but I saw some people. That's weird. Ooh, shop. Is it a MagSafe it. charger? Well, maybe not. Or maybe it's just not listed on their website. I didn't get a chance to watch the full um, the full keynote? announcement. Yeah, the full keynote. I only see the normal MagSafe charger. It kind of looks like a rebranded or like a slightly bigger Apple Watch charger. Oh yeah, it totally does. That's that's exactly what it looks like. Um, hmm. It works with it works with other devices too. You can charge old devices with it. It works as a Qi mat as well. If you go into so I could technically get it. Yeah, is what you I'm can get it. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, that is that is correct. You so do, that'll you be my one Apple purchase for the year. There you go. That's that's your purchase. I guess you could get the. Um, oh no, the cases are different. I was gonna say. I guess you could get like one of the magnetic cases on some level. Um, they seem to have this like pass through on them. Ooh, the clear cases. Oh. Are well, uh, aren't the well? No, the because so just to backtrack then. So just to touch on the actual phones. The pro models are actually slightly different dimensions, like they're a couple of millimeters taller. So the new iPhone 12 Pro cases won't work with the iPhone 11 Pro cases. Well, also the because they're also flat sides, but yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And and speaking of the pros, really, the only difference there is instead of the aluminum bands, they have the stainless steel band, which they've been had for a few years now. The the rear glass is that textured uh matte finish and Mm -hmm. the cameras are really the story uh for the pro models like everything else as far as i can tell in terms of uh the processor uh front-facing camera the displays the wireless technologies in them um is pretty much identical across the board for the Mm -hmm. entire lineup uh the pro models just have the additional third camera and they now have a LiDAR sensor in them, similar to the iPad Pros. Yeah. And then I would also say the Pro models, if you decide to ever go down that route, you're going to get a lot more in terms of videography and photography capability. And this is another year where historically they haven't made camera differences between the Pro Max and the Pros. But this year they actually bumped up the Pro Max camera. So the uh, sensors are slightly bigger. Um, and I believe the apertures are slightly bigger as well. <clears throat> so combine that together, you get a slightly better camera performance on the Pro Maxes. And then I think they touted the Dolby Vision piece. So you can essentially shoot um, 60 frames per second in 4K. And then you're able to do a whole bunch of post-processing on the film in real time. So real-time color grading, which to most people isn't going to be... Uh, you know, a feature that you want to get. But I think for a lot of people that are uh, definitely in the creative industry that are looking to use their, you know, fairly expensive purchase in multiple different ways. um, I think just, you know, Apple's ability to execute on video outperforms the rest of the market um, in so many different ways. And then their photography is also really, really great. Their night mode is probably not up to the same snuff as maybe Google's, but it's definitely competitive. Yeah, no, for sure. And and that's like becoming the real interesting narrative of this phone, and especially the pro phones. Like it I don't see a lot of reason why you would like why the average person should buy the pro iPhones unless you want the larger screen sizes. 
So I guess, you know, that's that's essentially it from like a tech specs perspective, like the iPhone 12s are going to be great year on year, great bumps. If you have an iPhone 10 or an iPhone 8 or even like an iPhone 10s um, and you want to upgrade, by all means, go for it. But I don't think, again, you're necessarily you, you need to upgrade per se. Um, like an iPhone 10, sure, the battery might be getting long in the tooth, especially with force touch. You don't get that extended battery that the iPhone 11 Pro got by removing that force touch layer. So definitely a great year to upgrade. Highly recommend it. Um, otherwise, you know, another year to hold off. If you like the smaller phones and you want something with that great uh, battery life and that great processor, the iPhone 12 mini, awesome phone. But I think what they're doing is starting to segment the lines right mm-hmm. so you're kind of seeing oh, this with definitely. the macbook pros you see this with the ipad versus the ipad air versus the ipad pro the macbook which they're probably going to bring back with the silicon the macbook air versus the macbook pro and now you've got the ipad the iphone mini the iphone and then the iphone pro and it seems like the way they're segmenting these is the iphone the pro segments are literally meant for professionals are they really giving them the tools that professionals want in some cases, yes. In some cases, no. But I think they're really segmenting them as more content creation devices. So you're seeing that with the emphasis placed on videography. You said that with the iPad Pro and the ability to just essentially outcompete a normal day MacBook Pro and MacBook Pro being effectively the industry standard for a lot of folks who are in design and music, etc. And then you have the normal lines like the Airs, the regular iPhones, um, the iPad Air, MacBook Air being more content consumption, right? And consumption requires a whole lot less processing power. At that point, battery life is the primary indicator. And the only creation you're really doing is response to emails, occasional tweet, some Instagram processing, and that's about it. Um, So that's how it kind of seems like they're segmenting the line. And we were talking about this a little bit earlier. I feel like this year, they're kind of really trying to push people down into that iPhone and iPhone mini segment and then kind of push people that way and then really start to increase the differences between the pro and the regular. And I think a lot of that also has to do with just economies of scale. I mean, we've touched on this in the past, I think, with how much stuff Apple needs to be able to say like, all right, can we make 50 million of these? There are very few companies in the world, and I really don't think there are that many that need to think on that level of economic scale. Um, And by pushing the pros to be this high-end premium that very few people want is a good thing because it essentially allows Apple to go back to quote-unquote innovating. And I think they have faced a little bit of a that downside of an economic, economic scale piece where, you know, an iPhone 12 Pro, like if they were going to like really push that, all of a sudden you're going to have, like they need to make 50 million LiDAR sensors. But all of a sudden, if that's like not as wanted... They don't need to make as many, which gives them the opportunity to now for next year, start to segment, like actually create more of a segmentation between the two. And I'm really curious to see how they kind of fit now that like the A14 is like going to be the chip and all the models, how they segment them out among the different product lines. Sorry, that was like a lot that I just threw at you, but curious to hear your thoughts on it. No, I, I totally agree with you. Um, I don't, to your point, I don't think it's very segmented right now, the, the difference mm-hmm. between the two models, but it, it feels like an opportunity for them to grow. And they kind of, I think they, I don't want to say bungled, but I think it was a little bit confused the year that they introduced the iPhone X. And because it was so obvious that was the new flagship model, but then they were still selling the iPhone 8 at the same like price as a previous year of uh, flagship right. model. So it, it created this weird transition period. Um, and I feel like now we've just finally, like starting last year and into this year, it's like finally been crystallized, the different differentiation between the two lines. Um, right. And I, I agree with you. I think it will give them more opportunity to, and they've done this before. They do like small experiments for different mm-hmm. components in products that ship in much smaller volumes than the iPhone. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Like it, it's, it's to your point, it's a feat to make 50 million of anything. Um, right. And, and phones, especially as complex as they are, um, is no small challenge. So 
I, I'm excited to see what they do there. I wish the Pro had a mini version because I'd probably get that yeah. one. Um, but I'm I'm actually like really excited that they came out with a mini because that's mm-hmm. kind of what was holding me back last year. I was like, and that's why I was actually going to get the 11 Pro over the 11 was because it was ever smaller. so slightly smaller than the 11. Um, and like, I don't know. I don't need a huge phone. And I think the increase to going from like an iPhone 8 or previous uh, style of iPhone to like the all screen is going to be enough for me. And I'm not really Mm going to like miss that large phone. Also, hey, it'll be really nice to be used this like one handed easily uh, because I did have the iPhone. You had the Max for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. honestly hated it it was really just like too heavy for me and my i don't have like huge hands um so it it was a lot harder to grip and like use uh with one hand like even just like sitting like on a bench and chilling uh it wasn't as easy as a smaller phone so um yeah i'm i'm super pumped about these i am excited for the return of the iphone 4-esque uh industrial Design. design yeah um I'm just sad I have to wait longer. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was going to say, like, the iPhone 11 Pro, I think the base size is actually, like, as big as I really want to go. Because nowadays when I hold the 7 Plus that I had from eons ago, mm-hmm. too big. Way too big. It's too huge. Like, I even look at my sister's phone, and I will say because there are next to no bezels, it doesn't look that big. But then I hold it, and she's got a 10s Max, and when I hold it, my god is a huge and then my other sister has a seven and i'm like this phone is super tiny i mean i don't know how she somehow managed to keep the seven still going but she has um she needs to charge it about four times a day at this point just to like get through a day which is absolutely hilarious but um yeah we're gonna insist that she buy a new phone and we're not telling her what we're getting her and we're not letting her dictate the storage size because she went for the (laughs) smallest and literally ran out like two weeks into having her phone and so now can't take any pictures with her phone which is always funny i I think you just touched on the point too like the phones are just plateauing like an iphone 7 is a perfectly usable phone still like slap a new battery Mm -hmm. in that phone it's it's gonna meet the needs of most people you give it to like i you could take most people who have like an iphone 11 or or 10 or even these new 12s and probably give them that and like there's nothing that they would do on those phones that they probably couldn't do on the iphone 7 yeah it's going to be a little bit slower and like you have the older style screen and all that stuff but like like functionally it's it's not as big of a, a leap in terms of like what you can achieve on it um and so it feels like we're finally like we had that really high like uh, curve, and now it's it's right. definitely starting to plateau. On the S curve, we're starting to plateau. Yeah. Yep. No, totally. I agree. But I think that's okay because I think you know, yeah, phones are ending up being longer, and I think that's that's totally all right. It's better for the environment, regardless. Um, I also think Apple's doing a really good job for laying out the seeds for augmented reality, and that's kind of like something again you and I were talking about earlier like it is so obvious the future of these devices is AR I mean just with the you know emphasis that they're putting on cameras the only way you can create really good AR experiences is you need a really damn good camera that can shoot really high frame rates really high quality video throw in the lighter on there that you get in the pro and all of a sudden your AR experiences can be out of this world Um, and they touched on it a little bit in their presentation which was good i kind of miss like their actual demos but i also don't miss their actual demos it's weird i don't entirely know how i feel about their whole demos right now but um yeah i don't know if craig federighi was in this but i only watched the last couple minutes and kind of miss him he wasn't in the last one and he kind of brings a certain charm to the to the presentations yeah i've been enjoying seeing all the different people that work there though oh yeah um they've been doing it in a way that they've never done before um and i think we talked about this last time um, so I really enjoy that. Like when they did the HomePod mini demo, I uh, caught that part and they had like a cool set of like a house with like the side stripped off and uh-huh. they had like a bunch of different team members that worked on the HomePod mini. Um, and I thought it was great. It went really well. And like, I don't know what Craig would have added to that necessarily. 
Um, some presenters, obviously, you like vibe with a little bit more than others. Um, yeah, I but, mean, his dad jokes, come on. Yeah, well, there you go. You find your, your spirit animal. Um, exactly. <laughs> now I just got to become a silver, silver-haired man. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I thought it was a pretty solid presentation. If a little bit light, actually. Um, I thought there was going to be something else, like... Obviously, there were going to be new iPhones, um, and there was supposed to be talk of like this AirTag, and uh, which has been a talk for two years now. But yeah, anyway, it's a mirage. Um, and then also <laughs> the Apple TV potentially, and possibly some new like over the the ear headphones. With yeah, yeah, the studio and stuff like that. Like, and we didn't get any of that. And I thought it was odd that we got the HomePod Mini and. Nothing, nothing else, else to kind of complement it like it would have been a narrative like audio okay homepod mini and the headphones or homepod mini and the apple tv right like you can tie those a bit closer together so i think it's i'll be interested to see what this um the next event what the next event's actually going to be like and yeah i mean kind of like going off of that like the whole 5g like the high speed thing Again, I don't know how the HomePod Mini really ties into the high speed. I mean, it doesn't even have 802.11 AC. It's just the S5 chip from the Apple Watch, which, again, makes sense. Cost, got to bring it down. But it was fascinating that they, like, high speed, the entire event branding was tied to, to, like, a number and a letter of, like, 5G, which, you know, cool, but it's not even ready for massive rollout in the United States. It's a pretty big marketing hype that to be honest, for most of the United States, unless you're living in a city that is willing to invest in that infrastructure, you just don't have it. Like, few, like no one has 5G. Well, the real benefit of 5G is the short range millimeter wave version of 5G. Um, right. That's like the big, and that is like, that just requires so much infrastructure because you need mm-hmm. so many more cell antennas and it doesn't work well through building walls at all. Um, you need to literally have a direct line of sight. Yeah. Which so, means that everybody's going to have 5G towers in their homes, in every room. <laughs> it's going to be like HomePod Mini. HomePod Mini plus the 5G cell tower. That's going to be the new product. HomePod cell tower. Um, yeah, no, I mean, they're, and like AT&T and T-Mobile and I think Verizon announced that they also are now have nationwide 5G on these lower band spectrums that work like more traditional cell networks. Um, but again... Uh, if you look at a lot of the speed tests for these networks and compare them to uh, 4G networks around the world, the U.S. like like absolutely lags, lags behind uh, pretty much almost like all of the major countries. Um, I know Korea oh, yeah. is always really good. Canada, I think their speeds are way better than ours, actually. Um, I think their cell phone plans are more expensive, but their speeds yeah. are much better. Um, so... Yeah, I agree. I, I was a little disappointed, and I told you earlier, like, I had a theory that they were saying high speed, and I was thinking of Siri and some improvements mm-hmm. to Siri, and it would have tied in with the HomePod, and you could have weaved this narrative with the iPhones as well of, like, these improvements to the speed and features of Siri, and that didn't pan out either. So it it was a light yeah. event, um, a solid event, um, but, like, I'm not, like, losing there's nothing wow anything um like the homepod mini is cute um it's basically just very adorable it's it's like if you took um if any of you are familiar with the uh echo dot um the Mm -hmm. new like sphere model it's basically like that and if you just chopped off the top part and put a little display uh where the siri colors play when you talk to it um it's a hundred dollars comes in the same colors as the homepod white and space gray um and the big feature that it has is the u1 chip so i think that it does more seamless handoff uh between the iphone and the homepod itself because today um i haven't used handoff with a new iphone that i think they're better about keeping certain radios on in the background when the screen is Mm -hmm. off but handoff from my phone to the homepod works maybe I don't know, 75% of the time. It used to really be like 50-50. Um, and it got a little bit better, but it still isn't flawless. It's not so, great. So 
interested to see what they do there. Um, I think this is the price point they needed to hit. I'm not surprised by it at all. Um, it's just yeah. premium above the normal offerings. Although Amazon literally has their Echo Dots on sale for Prime Day for like eighteen dollars. Um, Damn, <laughs> they're normal. They're selling them way below cost, which oh, makes yeah. it like hard to compete against, right? Um, yeah. Like if it was always fifty and this was a hundred and this was sounded that much better or something like that, a little bit more justifiable. But um, yeah, this thing is it's a cute little. Cute little Siri ball. Um, it's a little Siri ball. And uh, I don't know. Maybe I'll get one. I I mean, I have the HomePod now. I'm not... As a speaker, it's fantastic. Again, Siri is hit the and miss. Real, it's not uh, horrible, but it's definitely still not up to in practical snuff. everyday use. Like, it doesn't right. have the consistency of Google's Assistant and Amazon's mm-hmm. Echo products. So right. take take that for what you will. It, yeah. Um and I mean that's everything. Yeah, that was literally the entire event. It was an hour and like change. Um Yeah, I, I have nothing yeah. more to say on it. It was good upgrades, nothing mind blowing. Um I wish there was slightly more product announced. Um mm-hmm. but I am like I said, very excited for my shiny new iPhone 12 mini whenever I can get my hands on it. What I also color? really appreciate... Okay, I really don't know. <laughs> I'm like really stressed out about it actually. Because as soon as I saw... There was like a photo that leaked yesterday with all the colors. Uh-huh. And as soon as I saw that, I was like, God damn it. Because I loved that green color from the iPhone Oh yeah, 11 yeah, yeah the one that I got. Obsessed with it. I thought it, it's like one of my favorite colors they've ever made. And... Uh, I, I okay. So process so, of elimination. Let's do that. Right. I don't want the yes. red. Um, I used to really yeah. That does not. That's not you. Phone, but definitely not me. The green I like. I think it's a little too minty. A little too minty for me. I I want more of like a richer green, like last year's phones. So I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna knock that one off. Um, that the white or gray, blue, white, or black slash gray. Um, right, right. I really don't know. I couldn't even tell you to be honest. I'm like very up in the now air. that I look at the blue more. I kind of like it. I again, so like, I can, I, can we t- kind of touch on this with like the iPhone cases? Mm-hmm. I uh, w- would it be better if the blue was more like the Pacific blue that they have on the 11 Pro? Yes. At, or not 11 Pro, 12 Pro? Yes, absolutely. But that being said, I still think it is the color that identifies this generation. And if you had to go all out on like the phone, the generation, like what it has to offer, like it seems like that's the best bet. Like the mint green comes and goes with like two or three phones and then it disappears for a year and then it comes back. The white is probably as bland as you could get. And the space gray again, like I feel like the white and the space gray, the space gray are for people who are like, I want to be a designer, but I don't understand color theory. So I'm just going to do black everything. <laughs> uh, so yep. they're the ones that have like black Teslas and drive black, you know, wear like black clothes and it's just like, Ooh, good design. No, not about it. Um, the white, Fewer people, but it just, it doesn't seem you. Um, I was always partial to white. That's like when I was getting iPhones, when it was just like a black and white option, I would always get the white option. Um, But. Oh yeah. I, yeah, I think I I was leaning towards the white or the blue. Um, I I agree with you. The blue on the the pros is so much nicer. Um, Well, because it's a, it's a softer, there's a lot more gray in it. It's mm-hmm. not as fully saturated. And I think what gives the saturation vibe is the glass in the back. Like the actual blue that's the aluminum chassis, this is lovely blue. Like I think that's totally okay. It's just the candy color that you get on the glass back. That to me is what's not as appealing as mm-hmm. opposed to the pro, the glass back because it's not clear glass, but it's actually frosted glass. I think does a better job of managing the blue 
And then because the candy, the more rich or saturated version is on the stainless steel chassis, you're not seeing as much of it. I feel it's more successful in that you're not, it doesn't feel as extreme. It doesn't feel like it's going to be dated in like two or three years kind of a thing. Yep. No, I totally agree with you on that. Um, well, I'll probably go with the blue. Blue, and if for some reason I miss on the pre-order, white would be my second choice, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you're going to have to wake up uh, pretty early for that blue. Oh, I'm a pro. I've been doing ha. this for years. It's actually nicer for me now because they've been doing, I even think the last couple of years they were doing it at like 10 a.m. Um, Pacific time. And oh, maybe it, it used to be midnight Pacific, 3 a.m. East Coast time. That was that was truly the struggle. I'd have my alarm all set. I'd have my laptop ready and I would just like go to sleep and wake up like 10 minutes before it was supposed well, to launch. Well, are you are you doing the uh, the iPhone upgrade program or are you going to pay it all in full? Nah, I'm just going to, I don't know. I'll probably just like finance it and just get Apple Care on it. I'm not going to do the upgrade program. Like I'm just going to buy it. Or the Apple Finance, because I think you can get pre-approved right now on the iPhone and like just do it through the loan thing. And I mean, because the upgrade program is the same thing as financing the phone. It's just you can choose to upgrade it after a year or not. Mm -hmm. Um, That's it. So, but since you have Apple Card, you should definitely get it pre-approved now. And then, um, well, it it already is like you don't have to get pre-approved with Apple Card. Oh, Oops. Is, is the thing it's the reason you have to get pre-approved for the other one is because it's through a different company um that's got why. it yes that's why that makes um, sense but yeah no i'm i'm probably going to keep this like i've switched to a three-year cadence on phones like i said it's there's not a huge reason to upgrade as much anymore yeah and like especially after you get this like I don't know what the iphone will be doing in three years but i can't imagine it's going to be doing much beyond this um unless they come out with like a folding version um, right i think it's going to be folding or it's going to be augmenting the augmented reality sorry Mm -hmm. for the play on words there um augmenting augmented reality uh like just so much power is going to be packed into that chip that it's going to be able to funnel and stream through that and then i also think um you touched on u1 like the u on the ultra wide band chip um would have loved to see it in the home pod I think that's eventually it is, coming. It is in the HomePod. I was mistaken earlier. It is in the HomePod. Oh, it is in the HomePod. It is. Ooh, okay, that's see, how they now do the, there's a... That's how they have the improved, like, device handoff. They're using that chip. Oh, okay. So now there might be a compelling enough reason for me to get one. Um, actually, maybe not. We'll see. I don't know. Um, <laughs> maybe maybe this is the year I don't get an Apple product. Who knows? We'll see. Hold the phone. Um, <laughs> get it? Hold the phone. Ha. Huh. Um... Yeah, so many good puns for title shows. Oh, but- there is there is another option. Sorry, MagSafe Duo. There's no mention of it on Apple's website. Now I need to go look this up. Oh wait, no. Let's let's check it out. MagSafe Duo. Is this like the sequel to the uh, the? Um, <laughs> oh, I see. I see what this is. Oh, so you can do both the phone and the watch. Yeah, and it kind of folds up. But it, they're okay. not selling it on their site. No, it's not available yet. Oh. Interesting. Okay, cool. Whatever. I mean, it's a, it's an Apple Watch charger with uh, a Qi charger connected to it. Yeah. Which have been on the much. market for kind of a while. It does look nice for traveling because it, like, folds up. Um, right. But... Hmm. Okay. That's, much well, it. that's the only thing I hadn't seen. Um, and there's no mention uh, of it, so who knows when that will be available. Um, the only other thing I can think to talk about is that these clear cases are ugly as fuck. Um, oh, yeah, with the whole magnetic outlining. Why did they bother? I just don't get even why they bothered, to be honest. I mean, I guess. Well, because what else would they do? Would they have the magnets individually there? Because that just looks even uglier. Well, I don't know how the cases work. I'm curious if they have I a- literally think it's just a layer of magnets in between the actual MagSafe and the other thing so that it's just like just a like a solid connection yeah. between it. I, I guess what I what you would add is like maybe the wallet to the clear case. Um and right. so you cover up that that portion of it. Um but 
I don't know. I don't. What also? What is that little white? There's a white circle, and then there's a little white oblong, a like, little rectangle. like a uh, dongle. Yeah, like it's like there's a directionality to at it at the bottom, which might be for alignment on the MagSafe. But the MagSafe because it might not. True, but it might also help for like orientation if you're not just able to like automatically snap to it. Um, I don't hmm. know. I just I don't know. I don't. I'm understand. curious. There's no hands-on anymore, right? There'd always be a hands-on after an event like this. So like, right? And then you could have like, like all the YouTubers check it out and just be like, "This is really cool. This is how it works." And you're just mm-hmm. like, "Oh, that's so awesome!" And now you can't do that. Yeah, I don't know. I was I I would have gotten a clear case because I like seeing the color of the phone. Um, Maybe if I get this wallet accessory. I don't know. I'm kind of on the edge about that. It's it gets like the 60. wallet accessory before you get the phone. It's like $60. Oh, if I can get the case and the wallet before I can get the phone, I'm going to have them ordered. Like, Oh, wallet, yeah. Wallet. I, I would too. I'm ready for my day one experience with it. Um, <laughs> but uh, it, yeah. that Like we said, that's, that's, the it. that's all there event. is. Um I got nothing else to talk about Apple, which is so weird. Usually after an Apple event, we just can't stop. But for this one, it's just, I don't know. It's I don't know. Just, the, the new phones don't even feel like that really that different from new. the old ones either. Like, cool, it has 5G again. I don't really care about that. Yes, it's faster. They're always faster. Um, it Also, I'm not going to lie... It doesn't seem like the industrial designers actually did anything. They were just kind of like, oh, iPhone 5 and stretch. Like, like that's I feel like it. we're plateauing on the design, though, of this form factor. Like, it for a while now. Like, it's been uh, two sheets of glass and metal in between for the better part of a decade now. Um, yeah, but you're telling me that like the some of the best designers, and again, okay, maybe not some of the best, but like some really good designers in the world, especially when it comes to uh, electronic devices for people, are have essentially gone back and forth between the original iPhone and then the iPhone four that came out after it, and that's it. Like they're just oscillating between two design form factors, and like there's nothing else that they're willing to try. Like. Well- it's too high stakes for them to try it in this like it is their flagship product like it's too i think it's too risky to introduce any major changes i would i mean the biggest change was moving from the home button to the full screen uh iphone 10 style like that was a pretty dramatic change in the front of the yeah. phone but not the overall industrial design but like what do you do it's a screen it's defined by the screen so like oh what? right and 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 we did talk about that earlier like the fact that like again the interaction points the screen it's the battery that takes up most of the form factor and like mm-hmm. I think it was um do you remember objectified with Johnny Ive mm-hmm. um and how he was talking about the cathode ray tube effectively informed the form factor of the iMac when it first came out and then how the LCD panel informed the form factor of the iMac. Mm-hmm. I'm answering my own question here, but like the OLED displays in the iPhones are informing the form factor of this. Totally. <sighs> so like, like, what are you going to do besides like folding phones, right? Or like the wing that LG has on that, that new phone. That's like too gimmicky for Apple in my opinion. Right. Like they would never do something like that. It would have to have like real proven value. Um mm-hmm. To justify that have to cost stick with it, yeah. engineering and new use cases. So I think if we see any evolution, it'll be in folding, the, uh, until, ancillary panels. products. Yeah. yeah. Um, and like they may do it in, I think the Apple Watch is actually already using a flexible display. So they've kind of been doing that for a few years now. Well, they've also been using a flexible display in the pros. Like they actually like wrap it around at the edges. Of the... Of the OLEDs, I thought. Um, They're not wrapped. It's flat. Or, yeah, maybe I'm, like, misquoting or I'm misremembering something, but I thought they were using some level of flexibility with the OLEDs. Mm, Yeah, I don't know. I 
well, you said it sounds vaguely familiar, but I can't remember like what example they used at the time. Um, hmm. But, but yeah, yeah, that's I, all I got on, on Apple. I don't know. I, and it's interesting to see how the all these... Uh, oh, one thing I will say on this HomePod mm-hmm. movie is uh, I actually like Google's industrial design for these smart home products right. a lot yeah, more. Yeah. Like, I like the HomePod. I think it's a good look. And it was actually ahead of the curve with where we are now with Amazon's and Google's products. Um, but this little ball confuses me slightly. It makes me think of an eight ball. Yeah, and, the Magic 8-Ball. Yeah, the Magic 8-Ball. And the the way that it's just kind of like cut off at the top um, and the display is a little bit inset versus like on the HomePod, it curves up to this touch-sensitive area. To meet the Where display, this one yeah. is like depressed Indented. into the top. Um, it, I don't know. I I don't know. The The lights don't have a ton of utility for me either, to be honest. Like, right. it seems like a lot of effort when I'm supposed to be able to view this screen from multiple places that you've actually, uh, like, inset this display in the top of the device, making it harder to see in some situations um, when it's giving feedback. That's fair. I, but again, I, and, and we again, we were touching about this earlier, but I think... In ultimate, an Apple's like ultimate vision, you shouldn't need a screen to confirm voice interaction, right? The whole point of having it? a voice interaction. Why even have well, it? Why not do something like Google does? Google has like the really elegant four dots behind the the fabric mesh, and it only appears when I think you're I think that's what it. they were trying to go for with regards to that because it doesn't appear normally, right? Like it's not always on. It only appears when you interact with it, right? Yeah, correct. Right. So I think it's like one of those things that if you're close to it, cool, you can see it as like a playful element. But I think in the long term, ideally, it would just be like this invisible speaker that just exists, but doesn't ask for attention, doesn't ask for any presence. And you can just bark a command in a room and know that it's going to work. And that's part of the whole interaction with like the ultra wide bands and like that home connective thing where it's just ever present and don't like it should be good enough that it shouldn't need to interact with you other than voice unfortunately hey dingus is kind of their limiting factor on that so be great combine like apple's idealistic form factor with google's assistant and i think you could make something really cool Mm -hmm. yeah definitely um okay that really is everything We've exhausted oh, wait. No, actually, wait, no, wait, no. One, one more thing, one more actually, thing. no, <laughs> yeah, which I wish Tim Cook did at the very end, um, I wish he did a one more thing, brand new Apple Mac, that would have been amazing, um, but I wanted to touch on the video production, the mm-hmm. last Apple event, I think, was a little excessive on the swooshing and whooshing around, um, almost where it felt like a roller coaster ride, mm-hmm. I think this one did a much more of a gentle job with the transitions. I actually really appreciated the whole time lapses around Apple campus of like the sun rising, the sun setting, what it looks like at night. Like I know Jaws uh, was, some of the actual like presenters were presenting in a night environment, which I thought was really lovely. It was nice to see that not only does the campus look stunning during the day, but it's also stunning at night, um, which I guess makes sense seeing as how Apple employees tend to work essentially all the time um, and are like given their lives to the company. Um, so yeah, I think this flex that they did of Apple campus was much more successful. Um, they actually did get to show off the campus in a more artistic sense. Um, so yeah, I thought the scenery shots were absolutely stunning, truly gorgeous. And uh, I hope to see more of these uh, zoom-in shots of the sun rising, kind of like they do in The Lion King. Okay, now that's all I have to say about Apple. I'm done. <laughs> um, yeah, I, yeah, that was that was pretty much this episode. Um, it, I'm looking forward to the Mac event. Like that's like I'm, I'm very that's the big about one. That. Yeah, that will be an awesome event, mainly because I I love the Mac. Like that's the first product I use pretty much um, of theirs. So. And I'm excited to see what they're finally bringing from iOS devices to the Mac. Like, yeah, the battery life, the performance. Like, could you imagine like Face ID in a tiny little fanless MacBook? Like, that would oh, be so that'd be amazing. Um, Face ID. Well, actually, on the Mac, 
Face ID is like, I think, such a better authentication system. Experience, than Touch ID. yeah. Um, we're on the iPhone. I know some people don't are a little bit wishy-washy on Face I ID. I wouldn't be nice to have both. Yeah. Um, and I do love, like, my favorite thing is pulling this phone out of the pocket and I, like, And while you're pulling it, it out, it's authenticated. It as I'm bringing it up. Like, that speed is really nice. So it's going to take me a while to get used to the... The swiping up and waiting for it. To, I still to miss it. Face. You, as someone who misses it, you're never gonna get used to it. You're gonna miss it. Mm. There'll be moments where you're just like, I don't have a home button. But don't tell me that. That's what made me hesitant about the iPad too. Like the fact that they moved Touch ID to the sleep wake button. Um, it, that doesn't appeal to me at all. On the iPad, it seems like a really like a regression to me in some ways for authentication. I think that that'd be okay, um, especially because I know sometimes people have the issue where they hold it, they actually end up covering the face ID sensor mm-hmm. um, with like the palm of their hand just because it's smaller bezels. But yeah, I I haven't had a chance to get my hands on the new iPad Airs. I don't think anybody has because they haven't been released yet. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I'd actually genuinely love to see people actually like holding it and seeing what their experience is with the Touch ID thing. Yeah, I want to go try it in store. Um yeah, but wait, we can't. Yeah, well, some places you can, but when it's available. But they gave no update on when that product ships out there. Uh, it's still shipping they, in October or something, right? I think it's going to ship when the iPhones ship, because they didn't want the A14 benchmarks out. Huh, but they why wouldn't they announce that then? It's still Yeah, it still says on the site, available in October. No date. Right, right, but the iPhones ship in October. Yeah, but then why wouldn't they sh- say that they ship the date like Oh, I have no idea. October. Huh. I don't know. Maybe we'll, maybe they'll announce it like tomorrow or something random like that. Mm-hmm. October um, 31st coming to a store near you. That you you joke but they literally done announcements like that. They're like <laughs> coming in 2020 and it's like sh- the it first ships on like December 19th and it's like okay. Yep. Like, well, that's what they do with the Mac Pro. The Mac Pro shipped in December of 2019 and like three units got shipped by to December of 2019. I know. So funny. Um yeah, I think that about wraps up the show. You want to move on to our our cool shit? Yeah, speaking of shit uh you want yeah, to take that I am, one i am like absolutely <laughs> obsessed with schitt's creek um i'd been hearing about it for a really long time and mm. i don't know like when lewis watches tv shows he likes dramas and like horror movies and stuff like that and it's october so appropriate um yep. but like i don't know i i just want something like feel good and funny and that like i really enjoy and this show has like it makes me laugh like the office or parks and recreation but like Without i really love the characters in the way yeah. that i love parks and recreation like the office you're more like kind of feel sorry for a lot of the characters because right. it's like mm-hmm. so cringy but this is like yeah and it's a bit more um it's not afraid to get like a little bit more like raunchy and like uh slightly sexual adult. compared to like yeah. parks and recreation yeah a very adult um which i really love the characters are brilliant um i was reading the whole concept is like based on what would happen if like a reality tv family got kicked out and they had to go live in like a motel Mm -hmm. um which they're not a reality tv family in the show they but pretty close or wealthy like just a wealthy family with a business but um yeah i'm like pretty obsessed with it i've gone through five seasons i think and there's only six they put the sixth one up yeah yeah um so highly recommended um and i was actually surprised it was like a canadian tv show uh because usually i am not a fan of canadian television for whatever reason like huh growing up when i would go to canada and stuff like that it felt like the best way i can explain what watching tv was like there would be like I felt like I was watching PBS when I went and watched like oh. the kids shows there. Like it kind of had that vibe, if that makes sense. Educational, like, like dry educational. Yeah, they were a little bit more dry and educational and they had some fun shows, but they weren't like anything crazy compared to the American shows. Showstoppers. Which 
obviously they were just like like visual like junk food in a lot of ways yeah. but um yeah it's it's a really well done witty show like i said the characters are hilarious the mother is like mm-hmm. really like i would say probably the oh star i love the show, the show. love um, the show yeah she has this i don't know what that accent is she has this accent and every time she says something i i couldn't even guess where she's from it's it feels it's a, very hamptony yeah it does it feels very much like like affluent rich person hoity toity like, yeah but like yeah like the hamptons or somewhere from in like connecticut but she has all these like weird flares that like i've never heard um and her rhythm in words is a bit different than other people the way it, like oh i love it it just catches you off guard yeah yep um so yeah highly recommended and that's my pick well I have been watching it, and it's very good, so uh, I second it. Um, so my pick is uh, Carfection. It's a YouTube channel on, well, naturally YouTube. Um, I've kind of been missing car shows a lot lately. Um, the Grand Tour was I, but it wasn't, like, the best. I really miss Top Gear, um, mostly just because it was just three guys having fun going on adventures um, and kind of being stuck at home and not traveling. Uh I kind of need a bit of a travel bug or something like really well done, beautiful sort of a thing. And it's run by a guy named Henry Catchpole. And the thing I love about his YouTube channel is he's not just like telling you about the tech specs of the car. In fact, he very rarely touches on it. It's like a handful of seconds of like, it's got a V8 engine or a V12 engine and the turbos, you know, whatever. He'll like talk about horsepower or torque, but he doesn't ever just like, that's it. Like, here's surface figure, I'm going to drive it around really fast, like, and then done. Like, he did uh, the Bugatti Chiron, which was the latest Bugatti, so it's, like, even faster than the Veyron, and he didn't, he didn't do a straight-line speed test, and almost every review of the Bugatti Chiron is a straight-line speed test, and that's, like, 90% of the content is, like, how good is it from zero to 300 kilometers an hour and then back down to zero, which is, yeah, that's, by all means, it's, like, selling point, that's what the Veyron was, but he didn't do that in fact he took it on like a back road with like a whole bunch of twisty turns and everything and just talked about the feel of the car like how was it engineered like does this feel like a three and a half million dollar car um and he was like yeah it really does and just talking to you about the emotional element like what does driving this actually feel like um because how many people are actually going to be able to find a five mile strip of like perfectly straight road to go from zero to 300 and like really max it out. Like most people are going to be driving it. When I say most, the people who can afford this are really just going to be driving it on a back road. And how does it feel like that? How does it feel as a driving enthusiast car, not someone who wants to just sit at a pub and pub bar and just brag about the fact that they've got a really expensive car out back, but they need a whole security team because they're so afraid of the insurance that someone's going to ding it. Right? Like, it's just, it's amazing. I highly recommend it. It's a beautiful, beautifully done. The cinematography is amazing. The writing is amazing. Um, it's awesome. Just 10 out of 10. Love it. And that's my pick. Awesome. Alrighty. Well, that's our show this week. We have another episode that will be coming out shortly with uh, our first uh, guest on the show ever. Yeah. Teaser trailer. Exciting. Yeah. Um, so uh, we'll be putting out this one first because... More timely. Apple, Apple event just yep. happened. Um, and then we also have that, that following episode coming up. So uh, lots of new content. And um, yeah, I will. Well, man, I, I got to wait almost a month for this phone. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'll Alex's report back will be. <laughs> yeah. Well, he'll report back about, you know, the anticipation. I'm sure we'll get some sort of color update. He'll have some sort of existential crisis, <laughs> but it'll be worth it. It'll be totally worth it um but yeah as alex said that's our show we've got an upcoming show with our guest um i think you're going to really like it alex and i really enjoyed recording it so any thoughts or feedback on that on this everything's great reach out to alex over the tweet bots um if you have perspectives on color and which one you think you should buy i highly recommend you tweet at him and give him a full twitter thread rant justification i'm sure he's going to love it at him on every single one um i'm also available on instagram or twitter so you can hit me up there 
Um, music is by Lewis, so he's also available on Instagram. So hit him up for some tunes. Um, he will definitely do contract work for you. And uh, if you haven't voted, please go vote. If you haven't registered, my God, please, dear Lord, register. Um, a lot of states have early voting. Please go do that. If you don't have an absentee ballot or a mail-in ballot, go check that out. Um, just get your vote in. It's a stressful time. Um, and if we don't catch you between now and Halloween, um, have a wonderful Halloween. Um, stay spooky. It's spooky season. Um, go watch some Hocus Pocus. Find some good, fun, enjoyable Halloween shows. I don't recommend the scary Saw nonsense because why? who enjoys horror movies? But go have some fun. Watch some Disney Channel greats. Um, oh, yes. Um, that's where I'll leave it. I don't want to keep this outro going forever. But yes, thank you very much for listening. And we'll catch you in the next one. Bye. Um, No, I was going to talk about um, The Mandalorian comes out October 29th. I'm October 29th, October 30th, something around season two, like something around that last week of October. I'm so excited for that TV show. That's what I was going to keep. I I never watched the original. (laughs) You. Okay. Baby Yoda is adorable. Also, do you remember um, uh, Baby Monkey as like a YouTube thing? Like Baby Monkey, Baby Monkey. Riding on a pig, baby. Monkey. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Um. So I came up with a new one, baby Yoda, baby Yoda, riding <laughs> on a Mando, baby Yoda, and that's gonna be. That's how I'm gonna hit uh YouTube fame. I'm just gonna recreate it, redub it, and just get like scenes from the Mandalorian with baby Yoda sitting on the Mandalorian and just being like, there we go, baby Yoda, riding on a Mando, baby Yoda.